Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. We are the best place in Alaska for conservative news, and we're standing up for your constitutional rights as Americans and your freedom to live, work, and play here on the last frontier where we still think freedom matters. I want to thank everyone who reads Must Read Alaska, whether it's at mustreadalaska.com or the newsletter, or if you share our content on Facebook when it's up and running, or if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much. John Quick is taking the day off in Nikiski to take care of some business. And Scott, you're you're here in East Anchorage. So what's on your mind today? Well, I can tell you this. I am looking out in the mountains. They look beautiful. It's a gorgeous day in East Anchorage. And uh, what's on my mind? Well, I was just talking to you guys about this prior to getting on. It feels a lot like I'm living in the mystery science theater realm. Because I have been glued to my couch with my wife. Believe it or not, these are what we call date nights from now on because we were in the world of politics. And so we've been watching on YouTube the assembly meetings that have been going on regarding this AO 2021-91 or the masking mandate. And it has, listen, I wish we had a camera for me and my wife because I feel like we've got some great commentary on what's going on, both at the assembly level in terms of what we're seeing from there, as well as the public level. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Listen, date nights are a little different nowadays, but I feel like, I really do feel like it's a lot of fun. And if you haven't tried it, my recommendation is this week, because it's going to happen, we're going to have a lot of testimony. Get yourself some popcorn, maybe some some lemonade if you're needing to hydrate, maybe some water. Sit down on that couch, get yourself nice and comfy, maybe a blanket. It's going to get cold. And once you go ahead, you can even put it on mute if you want to every now and then. And just in your mind, start to dream up what's being said on both sides of the table there. And I tell you what, it is a lovely pastime. I kid well, you it not. It is. It is. And you know, the, the thing about it is you can, you can really pack on the pounds eating that popcorn while you're watching the Anchorage Assembly. Now, do you watch it on TV or do you watch it on your YouTube channel? Listen, I'm a little sophisticated, Suzanne. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm a, I'm a highbrow kind of guy. So I watch it on the YouTube app on Apple TV on my TV. Oh, okay. See, Yes, see, I get I, the full ambiance. See, I don't even own a TV. And so I, I know that it's, I know that you can go to channel nine and watch things on TV. And I'm just not one of yes. those people. I don't have a TV. So I watched it on YouTube on my laptop, but um, you're, you're, you're very sophisticated. Now, if everybody wants to, to watch the Anchorage Assembly, you can watch the hearing tonight on the uh, Meg Zalatel's mask mandate. And this is from uh, Anchorage Assemblywoman Meg Zalatel, who wants everyone in Anchorage who's over the age of two to put on a mask and sit down and shut up because she is afraid of you spreading COVID around. And that hearing started last, it it technically started Thursday, but they filibustered the evening so long that they didn't get to that hearing until everybody was asleep. And so they only had about 10 minutes worth of testimony. And then uh, it continued Wednesday and Thursday, and, and then they took the, the weekend off, 
and the hearing continues today at five o'clock, five to 10, and they may extend it because there's a lot of people who have been waiting. They've been waiting 15 hours in line there. They, they line up and they just can't get through these lines of people who are um, eager to testi testify on this. Almost all of the testimony has been against it, except for the first day when they packed the room full of doctors and nurses from Providence who said, we're in absolute crisis mode. If you don't mask everybody, we're gonna die. It was just pitiful. It was the worst kind of medical theater I've ever seen. But um, that, that's what I'll be doing at five o'clock. And so uh, let's get on with our show though. We have a great guest and we wanna talk about Meg Zalatel a little bit with our guest because our guest is Russell Biggs. And Russell Biggs is the person who fostered and raised up the, re the Recall Meg Zalatel initiative so that we are actually going to have a chance to recall Meg Zalatel off of the Anchorage Assembly. And, and Russell, I think you're with us, right? I'm here. Oh, great. Well, it's, it's been a long journey to get her recalled. And she's had a lot of things that she's done since this journey started. I know you've had to have a lot of legal, uh, uh, legal sort of things that have gone on in court and, and back and forth, the different filings that you've had to actually be able to get to the ballot. And I think people do need to know that this just didn't start this summer with her being awful and this, this particular mass mandate. This started over a year ago when she, what did she do that was so egregious? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, going back to what Scott was talking about, we're actually in the third act of the summer's biggest uh, disaster movie, I think is the way I would put it. Um, this whole started uh, back in July uh, when the assembly uh, as a group basically- At July of which year? Uh, yeah, yeah, last year. So uh, we're, we're, we're well into it. Um, we're well into, uh, it was in July, 2020. Uh, the assembly, as you remember, had been gifted this huge amount of CARES Act money. And in the final deliberations of that, they decided that the danger uh, of COVID was so great that the public could no longer be allowed to be in the chambers, even though under the current emergency mandates, they had uh, the ability to allow at least 15 people. That was under the Berkowitz mandates at that time. So they kicked all the public out. There was a lot of grandstanding and uh, soliloquies uh, as they passed uh, that diversion of, of about $20 million of CARES Act money. Uh, so at that point, the original recall language we wrote was for a violation of the Alaska Open Meetings Act. And I'm gonna tell you why that's important here in just a second, but um, Barbara Jones, the municipal clerk, uh, Im improperly denied, in my mind, that we didn't actually take that all the way to the court, but improperly denied that recall petition. So we submitted another one on a second event that happened um, about a month later where uh, the assembly, uh, blew through the emergency mandates again, clear violation of the law. They, they conducted a meeting uh, with more people uh, in the room than was allowed by the mandates. Uh, and so we uh, submitted a second recall petition that was again denied by Barbara Jones as a municipal clerk. Uh, and that one we fought all the way uh, through Superior Court and won uh, the assembly then, uh, or not the assembly, the uh, municipality and uh, Meg Zalatel appealed that to the Supreme Court uh, and lost. So we won twice, a uh, very clear, um, clear case. We were actually the, 
the quickest winning Supreme Court case in Alaska history, I was told. I don't know if that's 100 I did not know that. That yeah. is that is pretty good. Well, you had a, you had a slam dunk case. I yeah. mean, if for, for instance, at this point, the Supreme Court saying, look, it, the law is not that clear. If a, if a elected officer gets up in the morning and puts on one blue shoe and one brown shoe, that's evidence of incompetence. You can recall them. I mean, they, any reason at this point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, in, in this case, it was interesting because the Muni argued in court that obeying the law, I'm paraphrasing this a little, but not much, basically that obeying the law is not a specific duty of an assembly person. Ooh, <laughs> and, they said uh, that, huh? Yeah, that was uh, Ruth Botstein made that made that uh, that cl that claim in in the Supreme Court. Which, if you ever get a chance to go to the Supreme Court, highly entertaining. Was totally worth uh, worth the afternoon. Uh, but they made that claim, um, and Justice Carney's eyes went up uh, about as far as they could. There was a long pause, a very uncomfortable silence, and <laughs> and that was that was the the best part of that day for me is watching that go down. But uh, anyway, we won. Uh, we, it took about two hours. We won the the uh, uh, their appeal, and then we proceeded with the petition uh, signature gathering at that point. That was this summer. Uh, yeah, so that it was almost a year's delay uh, to get yeah. it to this point. And the reason that's, you know, obviously that's important is because things have changed with COVID. Um, you know, we had a decrease in case counts during the summer um, and now they're going back up again, just like they did last fall uh, yeah. with uh, the, the mass mandates in place. But, uh, a, a, you know, an active, an, an acting mayor at that point, rather than a duly elected mayor, uh, Dave Bronson, this round. So what we're seeing now, I think is really interesting um, amalgamation of several different political forces uh, driving um, the actions that you're seeing in the Anchorage Assembly right now. The, the mask mandate, Meg's mask mandate being probably the, the most uh, important one on the short term, but actually the, the next resolution uh, that they're going to, I'm assuming, immediately debate after this mask mandate, it passes, which I'm pretty sure it's going to pass, uh, is the ability for the assembly to control the meetings um, uh, resolution. So I think I forget the actual number on that, but that's that's actually, believe it or not, probably a more consequential uh, resolution yeah. that a lot of people don't understand the uh, consequences of. And the consequences yeah, of that is that they'll. So basically, what that is for our listeners is, and this is uh, we're talking to Russell Biggs, who is been the force behind getting Meg Zalatel to the recall ballot that's going out on Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll be mailed out from the clerk's office. Of course, this is the same clerk that denied him the, the, his first application, denied him a second application, and he had to go all the way to the Supreme Court. But this, is, uh, this other ordinance that they have basically says that any room that they occupy, they control entirely the uh, rules of that room and in, in any municipal, municipal building. Normally they meet in the Wildermarsen Theater in the Lusak Library, but sometimes they meet at City Hall in a conference room. So they can basically control who can come in and who can come out. And that is really declaring war on the executive branch because the executive branch is in charge of all uh, operations and maintenance of 
all buildings in the municipality. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I think, again, the, the idea behind that resolution is to control um, the narrative even more than they, they tried so far. What I was going to say about the Alaska uh, Open Meetings Act was, and I don't know if a lot of people caught this the other day, but in that second night of testimony, there was an exchange between Patrick Burke uh, when they were talking about whether or not they could have the meeting continued on a Saturday and use, um, I think it was the Microsoft Teams. It was a very short interchange where they they asked them specifically, you know, can we do this? And do we have the do we have the technology on Saturday? Do we have somebody to run the cameras? Do we have somebody to run the sound system? And then no, do we yeah. have the, the do we have the security and police force for a Saturday? Because that's all overtime. Right. So that that was part of it, and then. And the municipal attorney uh, specifically said that the the lawsuit that they are facing with the Alaska for Open Meetings, um, he was giving um, the, his his legal advice that um, that they shouldn't do that. And and the reason he he used was basically almost verbatim from the initial hearing uh, a year ago during that court case, the court hearing with Alaska for Open Meetings where uh, Mario, who was, and I'm, I'm totally blanking on his last name right now, Mario. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mario Bird, the, the attorney. Yeah, yeah, Bird, yeah, correct. Mario Bird uh, concluded his statements by saying that whatever, um, that the reading of the Alaska Open Meetings law, whatever, um, whatever, types of inclusion that is provided to the assembly should also be provided to the public. So that was, that was the reading. And so, and that's not what happened last summer. So no. again, our, our conclusion last summer was that we had a really good chance of winning uh, a petition recall, but again, it was improperly denied, but we didn't pursue that one because the other one was more, more clear, but that was a pretty good tell that in my mind that the municipality is gonna lose that court case uh, because uh, uh, Mr. Burke was very clear that the people that were involved in that uh, open meetings um, uh, lawsuit had strongly cautioned the municipality from as putting themselves in that position again. So I, I kind of feel like the writing's on the wall for that lawsuit, they're either gonna, um, they're either going to settle that or they're probably going to lose it in court. And there's a lot yeah. riding on that. I mean, there's there's some massive uh, consequences if they lose that case. Okay, I'm going to start paying attention to that. I'm going to have to do a follow-up on that. You reminded me that that is an ordinance that they put out there, which is that they will control the, the functions of all rooms that they occupy for their meetings, which means that they can say, even if the mayor hasn't, hasn't had an executive order on uh, numbers of people that may gather that they can say how many people can come into their meetings and that's what got them in trouble in the first place is limiting the number of people who could come in and watch them do very very big things like take ARPA money the or the um, the Alaska the CARES Act money and start spending it on this massive homeless infrastructure program that they had where they bought this couple of hotels and they had a couple of other things they were going to buy like the the Tudor Road um, Alaska Club and um, the Beans Cafe building. They're gonna buy all of this and create this massive network to help homeless people, which they didn't even have a plan for it. They just were gonna buy the buildings and you know, if, if we build it, they will come kind of a thing. Okay. So, so Russell, um, we're now at, oh, there's one more, there's one more ordinance that they have besides that one. And it's, 
um, they've got one more in, big ordinance that they've got coming up and I can't remember what it is, but it's also in the same meeting. And so we'll I'll have to dig into that. And, and I don't know, Scott, do you remember what the third ordinance is that they are working on or is it just? No, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head as you were talking about it. I was trying to remember because it was a, it was a rather big deal. It was another uh, reach to uh to control some power there maybe i could percolate off the top of my head while we continue but yeah. i can't well, it really think of it right now question like why you know why are they so uh intent on passing that right so i, I as as now I, I, you know, I went from a casual i mean disinterested observer to a very active um, participate participant in this in this uh, process and, and so when you ask yourself like why are they so involved in trying to limit the amount of public uh access and narrative um, and I think what we're seeing play out in the, in the last couple of nights is a great example of that, of why that is. You know, if you think globally, um, the Biden administration is about, is trying very, trying very hard to pass a $3 trillion infrastructure bill uh, that's going to, you know, that's going to bring more money to Alaska and more money to Anchorage that's going to get divvied out um, to the usual suspects. And in, in that case, uh, it's going to be the same people that benefited over the last year uh, with having this hard left progressive assembly um, pay out that money to, you know, in, 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 in the initial uh, instance to the property owners that were politically connected. Uh, it's going to be a lot of union money. And that's what we're seeing happen with the Zalatel recall now. Um, oh, the let's talk about that because I just looked on APOC on the Alaska Public Offices Commission, and it looks like the Meg Zalatel people are, um, they're rolling in money. She started like with about $60,000 worth of local union money, but I just saw that they got a $75,000 gift from New York from a, a what, and who was that from? Yeah, so that was, that was from a political action committee uh, called Unite Here, which is a, a union uh, for hoteliers, I believe. But yeah, so a single uh, a single donation of seventy thousand dollars of New York money being funneled into Alaska through uh, Joel Hall and Kimberly Hayes with the AFL-CIO, mm -hmm. in addition to the Putting Alaskan First Committee, which was another twenty thousand dollars of money. So ninety grand uh, of complete special interest money into a local assembly race is insane. That is an insane amount of money. For for a, for a, an election that's decided by basically ten thousand people, mm -hmm. you know so why is why are they doing that? Because there's so much money riding on this in the next next year, in the next maybe six months. Uh, that's what's driving all that. And just like it drove, that was why it was so important for Felix Rivera to also get a hundred thousand dollars of California money uh, and special interest money because that money. Uh, from the federal government now was was going to be divvied out by those same players. Also, I feel like that's, again, a large reason for why uh, Austin Quinn Davis was, uh, it was so important for them not to let go of that seat and have a proper election uh, mm -hmm. after even Berkowitz sat down. Because they, they, as long as they had, uh, you know, basically a, um, uh, a, unvetoable I mean there was no reason to veto because you had a mayor that was going to go along an acting mayor that was going to go along with everything that the assembly uh, was trying to push but that was you know in retrospect uh, well not even in retrospect at the time I said that too but now that's just been uh, proven yeah and the, I just thought of the third item which is also on this agenda which they haven't been able to get to and, and folks by the way at five o'clock on Monday if you're listening to it on Monday that hearing continues on 
the mask mandate that that Meg Zalatel and uh, and her people are are looking to put into place. It is a ordinance. They didn't. They say if this mayor is not going to make an ordinance that everyone in Anchorage must be masked, then we'll make it a law. We will make it a law that if he vetoes the law, we have enough people to override the law. And what will happen, of course, uh, if you can move one of those seats off, like Meg Zalatel's, you might be able to get a, a group on the assembly that would be able to, uh, he could have a veto proof, an override proof veto. In other words, right now they can override anything he vetoes. And that could change in time. It might change, for instance, if, uh, if, if she is recalled on the 26th of October, then do they appoint somebody temporarily to that seat or is that seat vacant until there's a special election? Gosh, you know, <laughs> given their history, I think they would yes. give up any reason not to do that, right? I mean, you know, we had we had no mayor for, we had, and not only that, we had no district rep representation uh, for Austin Quinn Davidson's district for that entire- For eight know, months. For eight months, yeah, that's insane. Uh, you know, and, and again, when you look at, when you, when you watch the assembly meetings over the last couple of nights and you, and you, you know, if you were not somebody that was aware of what was, what's been happening for the last you know year and a half and you watch it and you're like, why are these people so angry? That's why they're angry. <laughs> I mean, they, they have a right to be angry. They, oh, they're furious. They, they, they have lost the ability uh, to elect their leaders. They have been obstructed multiple times trying to remove their leaders um, you know, it's, it's uh, the whole represent, uh, no representation, you know, it's like, why, why should you trust the people that are doing that to you? And those are people have a, a real uh, reason and right to be angry. Um, I, I, and, and so they, so we go up to the 26th, they may decide that they're just going to let it ride and, and, and let that position go vacant until next April when the regular election happens, because this is exactly the same timing, because he left office, Mayor Berkowitz left office around the third week of October in 2020. And then Austin Quinn Davison as, as the chair of the assembly stepped into that role as acting mayor at that point. And then many people tried to get a special election for her, her district, West Anchorage. And they postponed it. They said, nope, no, nope, we're not going to do that. We're just going to go ahead and let it ride. You guys don't have anybody in there. You've got Austin Quinn Davison. Don't worry. She'll, she's the acting mayor. She'll look out for you, which was really improper. So it's hard to say this could, this seat could be unfilled for some time, or, you know, maybe, maybe they'll decide to go ahead and have a special election and they'll, they'll, they'll ask Mr. Zalatel to run or something like that. Well, ironically, you know, they, 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 uh, they poo-pooed the idea of a special election because they said it was going to be too expensive to actually elect. Uh, oh, but they fought in court. Mayor. They spent all that. They spent all that money in court, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so in the meantime, uh, they spend five hundred thousand dollars on uh, earnest money for an Alaska club purchase that they knew the mayor was not going to um, not going to accept, and they obstructed a valid recall petition that clear under case law was was what they were going to lose in the Supreme Court. They, they had to have known that. Um, and that's going to and that and that's now why we have to pay for a special election uh, or a special recall election, because they obstructed that all the way to the Supreme Court and in all the hundreds of thousands, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of, um, of legal fees 
uh, that was involved in that too. So, you know, speaking out of both sides of their mouth, uh, it's only, you know, it's only too expensive when it's uh, inconvenient for your politics. I mean, that, that's, again, one of the reasons that you're seeing so much vitriol in the assembly chambers, because people are tired of being lied to. Um, and I think the veil has been lifted um, pretty clearly that, that what, what the public is being told um, on multiple fronts is uh, is so tainted by politics right now uh, that you know they can't trust them anymore. They, they can't be trusted. That's right. And, and go ahead, Scott. I hear your voice there. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, that doesn't surprise me because when your when your defense for not having a recall is well, assembly members aren't supposed to follow the law. I would say you've already kind of got the mindset going. I have a question for you just as a general, and you may or may not be the answer to this, but is the assembly not understanding that eventually the powers that they're giving themselves, they're not going to be in office forever. And and the assembly could sway back to a more conservative, right-leaning assembly, and then what? So do you think they're looking long-term, or are they just right now, it's here and now, there's a ton of money, um, we need to grab it, we need to get it, so we're going to we're gonna bend, break, uh, circumvent every rule, law, uh, ordinance, or charter to, to get what we need now. Because it, to me, Russell, it feels like this is a short-term play with no viewpoint for the long-term. I think there's definitely some truth to that. The, 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 uh, the alternative uh, take on that, if you look at it from a slightly different lens, is that you know, you've got a group of people, and I'll give you one example, that have, have funneled $1.2 million uh, of CARES Act money or, or relief money to the Alaska Black Caucus under the, under the cover of COVID outreach. So that money is seed money. Uh, and I, I just saw, so the Alaska Black Caucus was given that money specifically for COVID outreach. And if you go to the, the website and see so far, which we're now into it probably four or five, six months, um, they've come out, I think maybe a total of four times on their Facebook page to say they support vaccination. So there's your COVID outreach. And that, oh, by the way, at our vaccination support clinic that we're having, uh, we're also going to do a get out the vote at the same at the same time, right? So yeah. that money is, I believe, uh, was completely improperly used for for that particular. I mean, we have a health department for a reason, and you're you're giving uh, a, a clearly political organization one tenth uh, of the sum of the health department budget under cover of COVID. And the best thing that we've got so far is a couple of Zoom meetings uh, and four Facebook statements that say, hey, you should go, well, not actually four, just one that said, you should really go get vaccinated. <laughs> so, you know, again, all, all that money um, is being, it ha has been distributed and that, that money is gonna probably, uh, you know, ferment and it's gonna, it's gonna make the political mechanism uh, much more stronger uh, for, the, for the folks that are involved in that. Um, on, on that side. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there definitely is the side of that where if the tides really turn, uh, some of that, some of that um, legislative power will probably be used against them as well. So you've got the recall Meg Zalatel group. Uh, it's a small group. I guess you're probably the chair of it. I don't, I haven't taken a look at who's all involved, but you've got, uh, you can get donations there and people can actually uh, help you get this word out to all the neighborhoods because really it's only this one district is from 
It's from about uh, Rogers Park down to Abbott Road and then over to, um, what is it, to C Street or does it go up to, it goes up to part of Spinard. So it's Midtown, it's a big Midtown area. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's kind of a weird, like it doesn't really follow the geography as you would expect, but that's about, that's about correct. It's, a, it's about a 50,000 um, citizen district. So that's a, it's a, a big and town that goes all the way down. So how many voters are in that district though? About 50, well, 50,000 people. I don't, yeah. I don't know how many of those are registered. I know historically the, uh, the seats have been decided by very, very thin margins, usually around 10,000 to 12,000 people voting. So, I mean, it, clearly it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a outsized uh, influence when you get seventy thousand dollars coming into an election that only ten thousand people are voting on. That's a good point. You can see. I the, mean, the problems with that. Yeah. Well, in the in the Felix Rivera recall, in that one there is the same general boundaries, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. And so, so uh, and so, what I I thought was interesting about that is that uh, the, the city clerk Barbara Jones she allowed. Uh, Felix Rivera to have a completely glowing statement about all the great things he had done, ignoring the charges against him. And he, he didn't even he didn't even mention that in his statement on the ballot. And he looked like the perfectly wonderful person. And of course, he won that recall election. This I assume that she will do the same thing. I haven't seen the ballot language yet. She hasn't revealed it to anybody, but it'll be in the mail in the next couple of days. So we'll be able to see that. We'll be able to know exactly what she allowed. Exalatel to say about herself. But what what has ensued in the meantime, of course, is that Megzalatel has has ridiculously put forward a an ordinance, a law saying all all people, children on up to you know age 110, have to wear masks whenever they're in a public place. And this with I just looked today, falling case counts. We had our case counts are dropping through the floor and of also. Part of that is because some of the way the state was logging those recent high case counts is because they were playing catch up with the data. And uh, we'll be writing a story about that later on today on Must Read Alaska. But, but your group, tell me the name of your group and how they can donate. Uh, well, the full name of the group is We've Had Enough, ah. uh, Vote Yes, uh, Recall Zalatel. And you can find our website, it's uh, recallzalatel.com. Uh, you can help financially for sure. We've got uh, door knockers uh, hopefully going out this week. Um, you know, we can have uh, a small uh, phone bank, but we're, you know, we're not a, um, we're, we're, we're completely good grassroots. Group. You truly are grassroots. Now, now, Ethan Berkers would say that you are our astroturf, <laughs> but you're truly yeah. grassroots. You're outspent by this New York unions that are coming in to rescue Meg Zalatel, but this is David and Goliath. And it so is. people, yeah, people cool. want to help, they can go to recall, say it again. Recallzalatel.com. Yeah. .com. And like say, even small amounts of money help. You know, and that's the, the, the quandary that we're in is that this even, you know, it's the widow's might to, to use, the, uh, to use the, uh, the Bible reference to that. You know, even a small amount of money uh, makes a big difference. Uh, for for morale, like the number of people that are supporting our group uh, is very important, it, and it, the, the amount of money also supporting the group is very important. But I think from a um, a, a political movement sort of standpoint, having a popular vote and people that want to get involved in something like this to actually fight back 
regardless of the outcome. I mean, we, that's really where we're at as conservatives. If you, if you believe that we should be uh, supporting other conservatives, even if you don't think you're going to win, you should still do it. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, the bottom line. You should get involved because uh, it's not going to change by itself. Right. Well, I understand, though, that the Calvary is on the way and there's going to be a lot of help coming your way and a lot of volunteers coming your way. And I hope that materializes very shortly because I know you want to get the word out on Facebook. Well, now that Facebook is back up and running, because they, they had a major outage, but they're up, they're up and running again. And then, um, you know, you've got uh, door knockers and you probably need some volunteers to go and take those around as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We can take all the help. And, and there's a way to connect on the website for that stuff too. But, for volunteers as well. Very uh, good. Well, we really appreciate you having you on your show and wish you all the luck and all the best and think that your involvement in this political process has been ginormous for Anchorage. You've done a, a lot to make people aware of what's really going on. I mean, I'm not sure that people would be aware had you not stepped out of your comfort zone and, and gone this far to say, you know, enough, we've had enough, which is the name of your group. And I want to thank you for that. And we'll catch up with you in a few weeks to find out how it's going. Because again, people will be getting their ballots this week and they will need to fill them out and mail them back. And the deadline is going to be, they have to be received by the, or in the mail by the 26th, I believe Correct. of October. Very good. Uh, we'll catch back up with you soon. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today on Must Read Alaska. Our time is out. And for the rest of the week, please just go to mustreadalaska.com. Check us out on the newsletter where you can sign up there at the website. And Scott Levesque, thank you for all you do as the producer of this show. You are a rock star. You make it all come together. And we're really proud of having you on our team. So if you'd like to, to support the conservative side of the news, be sure to hit that donate button on the right side. And your support allows this project to stay strong, independent, and thoughtful. And if you're done with the liberal news media, well, like we are, thanks for being with us today. Until then, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska.